This is an adult podcast with swearing, trauma, and all sorts of crap, so if that's not for you, please feel free to listen to something else. Should we say this is our names? Or should we say this is... Oh, should you... No, you should do the title first, because that's how it yeah, is. So... That is the title. This is Facts, Facts in the Smoking area. area with Jack and Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that'll do. That'll, that'll be fine. This is Facts in the Smoking Area with Jack and um, me, Jordan. Today's episode, Awkwardness, which is also our rather awkward debut. Let us know what you think, and sorry for all the wind. I I shouldn't have stopped it, I shouldn't have stopped it. (laughs) (laughs) We're now mic'd up, and we're sat in this lovely little garden. We're sat in this queer cafe. I don't know if it's queer-owned, but it's very queer. It's like a little flag on the the door, so... That's good. It's okay, right? Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, the idea for the podcast is we're going to be we, we're aiming to talk about things that people don't find comfortable to talk about to everybody. The kind of stuff you talk about in the smoking area exactly. at like two a.m. when you're drunk, and then you Hoping never mention it anywhere nobody else. Nobody is going to remember it the night. Hoping that it won't end up on a podcast. Definitely, <laughs> but it definitely will. So we also want to be a little bit educational. And, it's educational. You know, we are the early learning center right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today's episode, the plan was to talk about the last time you felt awkward. Talk about the last time you felt awkward. And I'm not including us being here right now. Because <laughs> we're definitely feeling awkward right now. The awkwardness is off the scales. I think the issue for me isn't actually picking an awkward moment, it's picking the moments that aren't awkward. The reason I'm like, how do I even pick a moment is because I'm like, I'm always awkward. It's just kind of my default mode. I don't know. So you're always awkward? Because I feel like awkwardness is more of like... A mental feeling than a like. An oh, event. I tell you what was also awkward. Was awkward. Pride, Pride and Pride. I was thinking Pride and Pride, but I couldn't even tell you what I was, was awkward. It was kind of awkward, like. It was really awkward when I invited you all around, and then I wasn't actually there when, I, like, when my party started <laughs> <laughs> because I was too late to my own party. I think the start of parties when you don't know everyone is always awkward. So when I turned up at your always. place, I was like, I'm going to smile and put my two legs forward and be like, hey, everyone. And then it's like, I don't know. You did, you did I, very well. I thought, I, I, I'm good at hiding this shit. But like, I, I, <laughs> I literally turned up and I'm like, I don't know half this room and they all looked about 10 years younger than me. What am I doing here? <laughs> I think the thing, the thing that was funny at Brighton Pride when everybody came around to mine was I feel like everyone was like that. It was like the like whole... Everyone was like, okay, we've got to do this. We've got to be like friends. We've got to like, be friends and fun and it's pride. But every single person but in the room feel was like feeling awkward. A large majority of everybody turned around to me and was like, I'm, I'm feeling so nervous. Everybody's so sexy. Everybody's so like... Cool. Oh my God, people were saying like, that to you. Yeah. Oh. And I was just like, what are you talking about? It's That's fine. so cute. It's fine. <laughs> this is the one thing I've learned the older I get as a queer person is that everyone always feels like that. You can meet the most... Com- oh, maybe there are some people who are like assholes. We don't talk about them. <laughs> But most most people feel awkward on the inside and don't feel like good enough. And it's like everyone's always looking at everyone else like, oh my god, I don't know if I should be here. I'm not good enough. But literally, everyone feels the same. It's so wild. Doesn't even matter how old they are. There's lots of lots of. I feel like there's lots of occasions where people are feeling very confident about themselves. I guess it's like what I mean is every queer person I've met has felt like that. If that makes sense. It's like when you see the people who are really confident. To a certain extent, that's just a moment because I've definitely felt confident sometimes. Usually when I'm drunk, and <laughs> but like even the most confident person that like struts down the street, sometime you can find them like three hours later and they might be feeling really insecure. Yeah, like emotions can go so up and yeah, down. Yeah. I feel like this happens to me at every pride. I don't think there's a single pride I've been to where I've not felt the mixture of extremely feeling proud and like I own this place, but yeah. also oh my god, I feel so awkward while I'm here. Like <laughs> those two moments happen every single time. Why for different do you feel reasons. awkward whilst you're there? Why was it pride? Does 
I think like for me at least it's always towards the beginning and the end in the beginning it'll be like especially if I'm meeting people I don't know I'll be like meeting a lot of new people meeting new people all my insecurities will come out I'll be like oh my god I'm too old I'm not sexy enough I don't know if I can afford the drinks today what we're gonna do but like so I think that's a different I think when it comes to people I don't know I'm a lot more confident because I don't really know who they are and I don't really know what to be worried about whereas if somebody was to tell me about somebody I've not met then and you'd then be worried. Do you know what I, mean? I, I, I kind of get what you mean. Whereas if you're a complete stranger, you're kind of, I don't know, I don't know who you are or like what to think or like, I'm just going to take you as face value and then run from that. I get where you're coming from, but I guess for me it's like, because I usually meet people through friends, I'm like, well, these friends are so amazing, so yeah. these people must be so cool. Yeah. So I think it's just, I'm, I'm kind of like a step ahead of that's you always, and I'm already feeling that they're probably really cool. That's a tricky situation because obviously if a friend likes this person a lot, then you should like this person. Right? You know what I mean? And also, like, if you don't get on, what does that mean for you and the friend? You know, scary times. Yeah. they got to choose them. I know. Them. Then they got to choose them. <laughs> it becomes a jewel. Then it's like Beyblades and everything. <laughs> Pokemon cards. Next thing you know, you're on TV. Literally. I'm going to break down like Britney. It's actually really intense. People don't realise what happens when friends fall out. <laughs> yeah. But also, so that's like the beginning. I also tend to feel awkward at the end. And I think part of it's because I'm drunk. That I'll always like, I'll be having a good time and then I'll get tired and I'll be like, why am I tired? Why am I not having a good time anymore? Why am I? Because you've been awake for like three days. Do you know what I mean? To, to, I don't know. To Ariana Grande, yeah. like the dubstep remix. <laughs> non stop. <laughs> non stop. But like, I think it's just like, when I get tired, my insecurities come out more. So when it's like the end of Pride, especially if I see other people having a great time, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Yeah. Why am I not like married with like three kids or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, I always feel like I want to have like a partner there just to be like, to grab someone and be like, oh my God, I feel like trash. Give me a hug. Like oh. I need that moment. Oh. I'm just not homely, I suppose. I'm kind of a hugger though. Like, if I see some random person in the club that's having the worst time and they want to talk to me, the first thing I'll be like is like, "Do you need a hug?" And I'll just give them a hug. Yeah, I'm a hugger. I love, love hugging I love people. people. There's not enough hugs in the world. <laughs> Definitely not. But yeah, I'm a very like tactile person. I like a hug. That's good. That's good. <laughs> if we want more mics, this would be a hug moment. Yeah. <laughs> we can hug anyway. Let's see what it sounds like. Get prepared. Get prepared to hear a hug. Should we do it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, where do we go from there? And like, this is so random, but just a really awkward moment that came to mind that I feel like I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. I was at a queer. No, it wasn't queer. It was appetised as queer, but it was a, it was a bit straight. It was a bit straight. But we went to this. Is that a squirrel? That's a bird. Oh. Um. <laughs> so distracted by the bird. I went to this club night a while back. And I was waiting for my friend in the toilet. He was he, he was in the men's toilet, but neither of the toilets had gender signs on because they were trying to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. But because the majority of people there were straight and cis, people didn't know how to respond. And because I was waiting outside, they were treating me a bit like the door porter, like, which one's which one's the women's? Which one's the men's? And I'm just there shrugging, like, do what you want. And they were just so mind blown by that. They didn't know how to respond. But there was this one particular straight guy who, I'm guessing he was high or drunk or whatever, and just came up to me and he was like, Love you, man. Love what you're doing. Gave me a really big hug. And he was like, you know, oh, you know, it's just so good that you people are here. And I was like, cool. And he gave me like a high five. And then like, he went into the men's toilet and I could just like overhear him having a conversation with my friend. Like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. And then like, they came out together just because of like coincidence. And then it was just, 
I don't even know how to put it in words. It was just such an awkward, weird moment where this guy was, like, giving such good vibes, but it was, like, inappropriate good vibes in that, like, it just didn't, like, because he was, like, drunk or whatever, it didn't make so any sense. Yeah. This is my whole point. It was, like, he was being nice, but it was also kind of, like, just go to the loo, man. What? Just go to the loo. If <laughs> you need the loo, go to the loo. Why, why, you, why do you love me? Why do you love me so much? It was... It was just really bizarre. I don't know if he washed his hands, you know? Oh. <laughs> it was just... Because when I describe it, I'm like, he was being kind of nice. There was nothing malicious in it. And it's always nice to have a, a loving, caring straight man and an aggressive, homophobic one. But it was also just a bit like... It was just weird, you know? So that was my point. I don't know what to say. Have you ever had moments when you've been clubbing where it's been like, someone's been trying to be nice, but it's landed awkwardly? I mean, last night, I went out. I don't know if I was... I think I was very, very tired. And I was trying to dance. <laughs> I was at the point where, like, probably my body was going a little bit limp because I was so tired. But <laughs> I, was, I was still kind of bouncing and moving around. <laughs> so I think maybe it might have looked like I had taken some kind of substance. Oh, Jack. And so there was a guy in front of me who was quite a big guy. And I think he may have also taken some kind of substance and was in a great mood. And he just sort of turned around to me and just like put his arm around me and was like, Yeah! <laughs> We're both feeling this vibe. And I was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't really know. You're just totally not feeling any vibe. Tired. Well, you feel like you want to go to bed? Because I do. <laughs> I just want a cup of tea and some... And some slippers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what he wanted. I, I think he wish needed, I was there. Um, that sounds so funny. Yeah, I think he was. He was. He was up all night. You were literally there at three, four in the morning with some guy who was off his face on like some psychogenic drug. Yeah. And you're just there like, I really need some fucking digestives and a nap. Like. But you know, on the outside, I think we both looked very similar. Similar aesthetic. Yeah. Different things I going on. I was trying to keep going, and he was. He was confident he was going to stay out for all night. I hope that man's alive. I think it was fine. He wasn't in a bad way, but, you know. Yeah, it's just funny. A funny coincidence, because like, I don't understand why else he would have been, like, he so hyped about me being there, because I was a complete stranger. And he didn't interact with me in any other way. It was, was purely just, like, just he saw your vibe and was like, oh, well, thank God someone else here is high. That was... I don't think we're on the same vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't think I was high. Oh my god, you just unlocked a memory that I blocked from my fucking head. It was the lockdown, I was living in my small little hometown. Um, it was back in the time when you were only allowed to have like 10-20 minutes of exercise or whatever. And I'd just gone for a walk because I was losing my mind. And I was on <laughs> I was on the way back to my house and like, basically, because no, I, I don't even know if the buses were running, I guess buses were running, but obviously no one was getting on because of Covid. But basically like, I was walking home past a bus stop, and there was this guy just at the bus stop, and I didn't think too much of it. And he smiled at me. And I was like, I'm going to smile right back. That man's smiling at me. Isn't that great? And then as I got close to him, he just goes, is it you? I'm like, what? He's like, are you, are you the weed dealer? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, no. He's like, oh, but, but you smiled at me. I was like, I was, I was just smiling was back. Nice. <laughs> I just remember walking home the whole time like, this is hard times. I've not seen a smile for two weeks. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's like we live in a society where if I smile on the street, people assume I'm selling drugs. <laughs> that was pretty awkward. Oh, wow. It was, it was depressing and funny at the same it's time. Incredible. I was like, wow. So be careful when you smile. So I know, he was like at the bus stop, like, He's so, so excited. He's like, I've been told to wait here for a stranger command that smiles at people, and this is the one. Like, do you reckon that's what he said? Do you reckon that's what the drug dealer was going to do? He was just going to be like, hey, I'm going to smile at you. <laughs> 
<laughs> We've got this really secret code to avoid the police. We're gonna smile. Yeah. Not, no one smiles in England. Yeah, but it's not against the law. Nobody gets that. <laughs> Nobody's gonna understand that language right there. Literally, when I smile, everyone's gonna be shook. But you need to act chill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's that was hilarious. so bizarre. That's so funny. Yeah, the best to thing to do is just always. Just go with it. Just go with it. Just go with. If they're in a good vibe and they're doing something like you, like you did, just smile. Just smile. Don't just smile. Listen, smiles me. I'm gonna smile back. Of course. You may be a good people or not. A happy one. You're a happy one. Because <laughs> I'm on weed. <laughs> is that even? That shows how much drugs I do. On weed. That's not even the word, is it? I, I just don't think that's what most people say. I don't think it was a hit. Hey, hey, you on weed? Because <laughs> I'm on weed. <laughs> I don't think that's how you talk about it. Um, I was gonna say that the. the biggest thing that comes to mind when I think about this is like, it doesn't happen anymore because I probably look like camps, campus tits, but like girls used to think I was like into them. Even in gay bars, like yeah. I'll just be clubbing and some girl would be smiling at me and I'd be like, okay, I'll just smile back. And then she'd be like, hey, and they try and flirt with me and I'm like, I'm yeah, gay. That We're happens. at a gay bar. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. That's definitely happened Literally. Well. It happens a lot. Yeah. Usually they take it okay, but sometimes they're like... I like it's nice. I don't mind. I don't mind if somebody's into me. That's kind of cute. That's kind of cool. That is true. It is cute. Like, it's not... I don't know. But sometimes they don't take it well. It's not an issue. Sometimes... It doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes girls get offended you're not, you're not into them. And I'm just like, well, you came to a gay bar, Jeanette. What, what did you expect to happen? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also like, God... Not to ever have sympathy for straight men. But tough times for straight men if you don't like a girl and she gets offended when you're like, sorry, I'm not my type. She's like, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you like men? <laughs> so that's yeah. cringe. Yeah, that's true. Also, just, I mean, it's such a trope, but it's so true. The hen parties and gay bars. Who lets them in? Why are they allowed in? Maybe if it's just like one quiet one, then fine. But I've been to someone, they've been... They've been raucous, you know? They've been taken over the club. I've never seen one. I've never seen a gay bar. Maybe it's a Brighton thing that you've not seen it, but everyone knows their place kind of thing. But I've seen it happen a lot. I think, yeah, I mean, Brighton... Brighton and Hendus and Stark dudes, no, just don't do it. Don't come to Brighton. <laughs> Brighton doesn't do want it. you. Yeah, no venue wants you. Like... <laughs> There that some, sounds pretty harsh, but like it's, it's true. true. There's like, there's so many places in London I can think of that actively deal. love hen and stag parties. Like tonight, Josephine, have you heard of that? It's like a bar chain. I don't know if it's outside London, but it's like bright pink. And on, in theory, it's very camp and queer, but it's just for women, and it seems to be just for straight women doing hen parties. Yeah, you'll go past any single one. They're playing the same music. It's like the women in sashes, like woo, we're gonna go crazy tonight. And they're all sat there with like champagne glasses or whatever. And I'm just like, not again. Not for the third time this week. I'm trying to go to the bank or something. You know, it's like get out of the way. It's 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> Also, I mean, like, know. the all-bar one at Liverpool Street. I think it's all-bar one, maybe it's the I was going to say, things like that in Brighton, I'm sure you can get away with it. But nice places like, don't do it. Places, you <laughs> know, queer places don't do it. Queer places and kind of independent places, they don't want to do There was this queer... It's, it's closed now. It was actually a real dive. In that respect, it was just... I like also don't stone. want to talk for every venue in Brighton. Maybe there are loads. <laughs> but the ones that I've been in, are just like, no, we don't want to do that. So, so the, the cool venues don't want you. The trashy ones that are like the middle of clubs... The Aldi of hey, clubs. Come on, Lidl's amazing. I, I, do love, I do love Aldi. Nice. I do love Lidl, not gonna lie. And also, all these trashy places I'm like shitting on. I love them. I love an all bar one. The cocktails are cheap and they're actually kind of good. Exactly. It's just noisy. Yeah, it's like Weatherspoons Hindus. The Weatherspoons <laughs> of Hindus. Do they do Hindus at Weatherspoons? I suppose they probably the do. Yeah, they do. 
I feel like, like the practice of supporting I've never seen women. one. <laughs> I've never seen one either. I've never seen one in there, but maybe. They're kind of out. I was going to say, there was this bar in Nottingham that was like... It was very similar to the Stonewall Inn in that it was really trashy and problematic. But like, it closed down because... Um, I don't know why it closed down. I think the owner just had enough and they weren't making money during the pandemic so they were like, goodbye. But there was a few times they had Hendus in there. And there was this one time, like... I don't know if it was like a joint hen stag do or if it was just like some straight couples on a night out. But like, not only were they being super noisy and annoying, but I remember one of the guys came up to me and was like, no homo, bro. I'm not gay. No homo. I'm like... You're in the gay bar. Okay. I didn't even talk to you. I didn't even look at you. I just tried to walk past you. And I'm like, so scared of gay people. It's like, even just going near him, it's like, no homo. I'm like, they're playing steps in here, hun. There's a rainbow flag on the ceiling. What, what are you Did doing you in here? Did you just respond with, but? <laughs> <laughs> but? No homo, but. But? You are in here. Literally. you're here by dress. I even, I even okay. saw it happen in Manchester once. Like, I was at, I forget which one it was. It was like one of the, like, it's Pop World, a bar in Manchester. It probably wasn't even Pop World, but I'd like to say it was Pop World. I don't know if it exists. Um, <laughs> but I was in there and it was heaving on like a Friday night. And literally like there was this straight couple having sex on one of the sofas next to the DJ bit. And I was like, that's, that's bold. I mean, maybe they were like bi or something, I don't know. But they were having like, straight sex like in the bar. In like pop world, and the, the DJ drag queen DJ. Like a queer venue. I've never been to one. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's pop. It probably wasn't pop world. Maybe it's like bar pop, club pop. I don't know. I'm just thinking pop. Something pop. Coco pops. I don't know. It was some. Sounds quite weird. Coco pops is a gay cereal. That monkey's doing things. <laughs> Coco the monkey says trans rights. <laughs> Coco the monkey threw the yeah. first brickets. So I need. <laughs> You know, the guy that made Kellogg's was anti-masturbation. That's why he made cereal. He thought that having boring breakfast food would make people less likely to touch themselves. That's the truth. That's literally the truth. Is that actually a fact? That's an actual fact. He was anti-masturbation. He's like, because sure? this is going to go, like, out. And I'm, people I'm, are going to listen to this. I'm saying this on the record. It's going in my, like, job performance review at work. Like, I'll tell it to the, to the choir. Like, this is, this is true. So just a random choir. The, the guy who made Kellogg's didn't like sexuality. And he's like, if you make breakfast cereals really boring, like, special K. How would that work? I don't know. I don't think this man was particularly scientific when he thought that boring cereal would stop everyone touching themselves. If anything, isn't that going to make you want to touch yourself more? Are you Life saying... Life is so boring. You've got to keep it spicy. spicy. <laughs> Whereas if you got distracted by a fucking great bowl of cereal. I was going to say, you have the world's tastiest bowl of cereal. You're I'd like, you know what, I'm not having sex ever again. I'd probably not bother. <laughs> You're like, this Cocoa Pops is so tasty, I've actually changed my life. I'm never touching myself ever again. You don't need to. Because now the Cocoa Pops I've yeah. found the inner joy that I've been looking for. Hey, do you want to come home with me tonight? And have some Cocoa Pops? No. I've got Cocoa Pops in the cupboard. <laughs> that snap, crackle and pop turns me out! <laughs> um, oh my god, what the hell are we talking about? Something about, like, we're talking about, like, the gay bar in Nottingham. Oh my god, it was Bar Pop in Manchester. Yes! And that couple that didn't eat their colours for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Snap the crackle and pop off. It was the bar in Manchester <laughs> whose name I've completely forgotten. Pop Wells. Pop Wells. I, I don't know if it's, it could be Pop Wells. Maybe it's not. 
But either way, so this couple were actually having sex, like, on the bar, or, like, on the sofa. And the drag queen DJ noticed, and was like, you need to leave, you can't have sex in here. This is like, you can't do that in here. This is, this is like a club, it's like teenagers in here. And the guy responded by calling DJ Hagger, which is like, you need to leave. And then they got the security to drag them out. I don't know why the hell I'm bringing up this story. I think I had a point. But anyway, like, they got them to leave. And then the DJ did, like, a speech about, like, not because being faggot in my own gay bar. And everyone's like, yeah, clapping and stuff. But, like... I think it was set up it was a part of the performance. It was just a drag act. <laughs> like, nope. I've got Get to, out of here. I've got to say the drag queen, as much as she was acting very kind of like, oh, I can't believe this just happened. It was also very kind of like the drag queen was feeling her oats. It was like she'd prayed for it, you know. Like when it happened, you could just see she was like, this is gonna here go we go. This is going to go down in history. I'm going to I'm gonna throw them out and everyone's going to be talking about me for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Like I could feel that she was, she was feeling it. Everybody get the cameras out. <laughs> 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 I gotta say though, not to make it political, boo, but it was like a really interesting conversational <laughs> dynamic that happened. Because when it happened, it was like, thank God they got thrown out. But the drag, after they were thrown out, the drag queen was like, <coughs> everyone needs to bring this to your attention. These two straight people were having sex on the sofa here, and when I asked them to leave, they called me a faggot. No one calls me a faggot. No one uses the word faggot. I don't care if you're gay, straight, or bi. No one says that word. And everyone was like clicking their fingers, like, yeah, sweet love, Ariana Grande. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I agree with that. Because like, I use the F word quite a lot. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's our word, you know. People used it against us, so it's like, we've it. reclaimed it, we're allowed to say it. Yeah. And I'll say it like to my friends as like a joke, like, oh hey fag. But like <laughs> Or like the name of the like the name of the podcast, no? Two fags in the smoking area. No, that's not what we meant by that. That's, no, it's n- we completely meant We completely meant two cigarettes. We two because we we don't we're two chain smoking cigarette smokers, because we don't want to get in trouble for using that word in the title. So it's just about cigarettes. Um <laughs> Out of all the risque things to say on this, this is probably the most risque for me, but I'm going to say it because it's such a funny story. But basically, oh, I can't wait to say this. So, we were at our work canteen. That's when you know the real tea is about to happen. We were at the work canteen. Eating Kellogg's. Eating Kellogg's and feeling very unhorny. And um, (laughs) we've got a new boss at work. And basically, I was at the canteen ordering food. And a queer colleague... And if anyone from my work is listening, they'll know exactly who I mean. But a queer colleague came up to me. Bear in mind, the new boss was next to me in the queue. As in, like, he was actually, like, right next to me. My queer colleague comes by, obviously not realising who it is, taps me on the shoulder and just goes, Hey, fag! <laughs> right off the boss is right next to me. And I was like, I didn't know how to respond, because I was like, I don't want to point it out, because if, if we're lucky, the boss didn't hear. So I was just like... Hey, how's you? How's things going? <laughs> but I was like, not you committing a hate crime while the boss is waiting to buy his lunch. Oh my god. Wow. Bearing in mind, I'm like, wow. I'm the co chair of like the Pride Network as well. <laughs> so it was even more like, uh, hey, yeah, this, this is fine. It's sanctioned. I like, oh my god. I just, I'll never forget it happened. And like, when I didn't respond, and I was just like, oh, oh, hi. I thought he would have clicked that I was acting awkward, but he totally didn't. And he just carried on. So then, like, five, ten minutes later, when we go to have, we actually sat down to have lunch and the boss walked away, I was like, you do realize, like, our boss's boss just let <laughs> you call me a fuck. <laughs> he was like, is it? Oh, I didn't know who that was. I was like, I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's the situation where that's why I would not call that's why anybody you, else a bag, but. You've got to be careful. You'll be selective. Yeah, exactly. But it was so funny. This it is a very, so very funny. humorous 
it's the right humorous situation. I gotta say, like in the heat of it, though, I was a bit like, do I need to like, do I need to be professional? Like the LGBT, right, like, complaint. be like, um, excuse me, I don't think that word you said was very appropriate. And as, as the co-chair of Pride, you need to apologise to me right now, or I'm gonna get each one involved. Is that what I should have done? No, should I really start the fault? Because the thing is, knowing what he's like, if I'd have done that, he would have said something even more ridiculous. He would have said something even more offensive. He wouldn't have realised I was being serious, so he would have been like, HR, I, I don't know what you would have said. Yeah. Pussy, slay, wig, trans, I don't know what you would have said. <laughs> <laughs> With this fat ass, I don't know, he would have said something even more outrageous, I can just feel it. Oh, it's not what you said to me last night. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this is why it's so hard being professionally queer, thank you. Because, like, you're trying to be open and fun, but, like, the queer community is so, like, we don't give a shit about anything, we don't give a shit about rules. Some of the conversations you hear in smoking areas on nights out are the most crazy, outrageous things you've ever heard. So trying to bring that into any kind of work or university setting, it's like, where's the... Or a it's so hard to draw the line and be like, this is acceptable and this is not. Because that line's always changing. That line's always changing. That's true. And that's awkward. That's true. Cycling it back that into the thing. Oh, look at that. Full oh, circle. Oh, full circle. It's awkward, thank you. Okay, done. Goodbye. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> oh. Literally. It's kind of the selective thing. It's that everybody's preferences are completely different. Like, Literally. And like, if you if you just follow like legislation and laws or whatever, it's like, how does everyone know what all the laws are? Sometimes they're contradictory and also sometimes the laws are wrong. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes the laws are unjust. And also, you know, yeah, it's hard to judge sometimes, especially with humour. I feel like humour can be really awkward. I think it's probably just, yeah, exactly. Humour is such a hard thing to play. Because it's like not everyone especially... finds stuff funny and then it's like, how do you respond to that? Yeah. Do you just accept, like, some people are going to be pissed off if they didn't like my joke? Or was like it my fault to tell like, the like joke? Like you said, like, in a smoking area where it's, like, a queer venue or a, a queer event or something, you're going to hear some crazy You're going to hear some hilarious things that everybody is mostly going to be okay with. And it's like, that's fine. And I think if you were going to do that in, a, like, another setting, you just couldn't, you just could not do that. You know? Not only that, but I feel like awkward conversations and queer stuff is often not talked about at work or professional settings, mm -hmm. but it is always, always, always definitely the other way around. In that you go to queer settings and everyone's talking about work, everyone's talking about professional stuff. Like people talk about their lives. Like this, this, this is all leading into a story that I love. That problematic gay bar in Nottingham that's now shut down, which I'll always miss, even though they hate crime response. <laughs> we literally had a full-on row with like the boss and everything. It was kind of intense. There's still be one, which is the main thing. It was, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. But um, still love that place. And it's closed down, bye. Um, <laughs> anyway, we were at the smoking area in this bar in Nottingham. And I don't even know how the conversation started. It was just a classic thing of like, oh my god, love your outfit kind of thing. Or like, hey, how's it going? And like, literally, we, we spoke to this woman. It turned out she was head of the lube department of Boots. Because Boots is based in Nottingham. People don't know. Like, Boots headquarters, the whole thing's in Nottingham. So like, the Nottingham gay bar was full of Boots employees and students. Oh, wow. Which is a fun mix. And um, she was saying to me, like, she wanted to put glitter and lube as, like, a gay moment. She was like, we need more glitter and lube. Like, we need lube to be shiny. But my boss doesn't like it. My boss says that if you put glitter and lube, it'll scare people. So I've been campaigning for three years to get glitter and lube, and they're still not listening. But I'm going to do it. I feel like that is a thing. It might be. I mean, when she said that, my first thought was the idea of glitter and lube sounds horrific, because lube goes places. And I feel like glitter can be quite, like, abrasive... Like, yeah. bitty, like, the last thing I want up my ass is glitter. glitter. <laughs> like a glitter bomb in my ass. <laughs> so, also, what is glitter made of? 
This is sarcastic, isn't it? I don't want plastic. I don't plastic on my ass. But she she wanted it. And um, <laughs> when she said this, I was just there like, I respond to every woman with a strong point of view the same way. I, I totally stand it. So I was just there like, you go, girl. You fight that fight. I'm here for you. I support you. I see you. I feel you. You need to get <laughs> you need to get glitter in all I want glitter up my ass. You need glitter in all the lube. Screw your boss. You should make it happen. And she was like, yeah, yeah. And she gave me a hug and she was getting teary because we were all drunk. And I'm like, I'm fully supporting this woman of boots. Her, her mission to get glitter and lube. And I'm just there hugging like, I may have just doomed everyone's sex life. <laughs> because I've convinced the person who makes the lube of boots to put glitter in the damn thing. Is it a thing? I want to know if that's a thing. I wonder, if she's, I wonder who she is. Like, it's on her... This is the other thing I couldn't get over. Because like, I was just obsessed with this CV? story. Is, is this on her CV? She's like... Hi everyone, uh, my name's like Maria um, Lube, you know, and um, <laughs> I don't know what her name would be. Maria Smooth, Maria Gooey, um, and I'm the head of the Maria Lube Slidy. department of Boots. Hmm? Maria Slidy. Maria Slidy. Maria Slippy. And um, <laughs> I'm the head of Lube at Boots Corporation, thank you. But that was her job, that was her actual job title. Head of Lube. Head of Lube at Boots. Do you reckon it's got like a scientific name like? Head of Lube. Head of Lubrication, head of like sexual slidiness. Head of um, <laughs> head of smooth transactions. Head of, uh, <laughs> head, of uh, head of liquefied joy. I don't know, what would it be? Liquefied cock products. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like glitter lube's the kind of thing like I'm a bit fearful of putting plastic on my ass. Surely. I love the idea, and if I saw it, I'd be like, Oh my god, slay wig, honey, yes! But then I'd be like, I'm not buying this. I'm not buying this ever. Also, it's probably not very discreet. I feel like that glitter, you know how glitter gets everywhere anyway? And you know how lube can kind of get everywhere. You literally go into your bedroom, it's like a disco. <laughs> Why is there glitter everywhere? I don't know, I just felt like a party. Like everywhere. <laughs> you go into like... You literally just go into like the gay bar toilet, just glitter everywhere. Yeah. Just glitter everywhere. Oh my god. It's kind of a horrible thing, but like... Explosions of glitter. CC, anything can happen in a gay bar toilet. At least outside of London. I don't think I've had as many crazy stories in London. This was in Nottingham, which, until that point, I thought was quite provincial and boring. But actually, outside of London. I just feel like people tend to think the smaller cities can be quite boring, especially for the gay scene, but like, you meet some strange. <laughs> Maybe it goes hand in hand. But you meet some strange people in like the least expected you, places. Do you think that's the case of like there is more stories outside of London or is it just like London's kind of there's so many stories that they're not really stories I feel I like all the craziness is still going on in London but because there's so many people doing it I mean like that is a, it's like not so much drama so it's not a story oh my god what an interesting conversation like <laughs> I think there's so much going on. The city's almost like a small country rather than a city because there's so many different areas and types of people and like cultures going on here. So I feel like it's like, like the story of like one person like fired glitter out in the <laughs> Is a thing somewhere up north, like in a tiny little town. I see what of you mean. Course, I it's see only what one you mean. Doing it. Whereas London's like you can just yeah, fade into obviously the go. We've all got glitter up our ass. <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're all head of Luba Booze. Come on. Um, <laughs> 
I think it's the case, this is going to be a bit depressing, but I think it's true. I think it's the case that, like, in London, because it's so expensive, all of the interesting people are priced out, you know? The types of people who can afford to go on a night out in London are the people who are, like, earning quite a bit of money at a big company, or they've got a privileged background, and they go to these places with their privilege, and they don't push the boundaries at all, you know? Whereas in Nottingham, this bar was a pound a shot. It was a pound a shot. And if you... Literally, and if you went in before midnight, it was free, and after midnight, it was, like, a fiver. So, like, you got everyone there. There was, like, every single type of person. And because, like... Maybe this, come, this ties into the city thing, but because at the time there was only one gay bar in Nottingham, it was like the queer space. It doesn't matter how homophobic you are internally, <laughs> or like if you're a lesbian or whatever it is, if you were a queer person in Nottingham, this was the place to go for the cheap things. So when you went, when you went into that smoking area, it was like a de facto LGBT community centre, yeah. LGBTQ plus people, <laughs> but everyone's drunk. Which means people were just opening up about shit. Yeah. Whereas in London... Also, it's like a smaller community than London. Exactly, and it's like, like you can people go, know each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're going out in London... No one knows anyone. No one's going to know anybody. Nobody knows... Nobody knows who they're going to go home with. Like, when they're going to go home actually. So, surely, like, if you're in Nottingham, you're going to get to know everybody. Or he, a large majority. You literally yeah. get to know everyone. You're living in Brighton... Everyone knows all the drama. Because it's small enough to know everyone. Literally. Like in London it's the opposite like it's a double edged sword. I like the fact that London is so kind of like Sil- silfered? That made no sense. I was going to say filtered and siphoned, and my brain was like, just merge the two, honey, just go with it. <laughs> it's so siphoned off here that it feels like every single group has their own like space, and when people don't feel welcome in a space, they just make their own. So I feel like as time goes on, it's splintering more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. The good side is that you get nights that are like, this is a club night just for trans non-binary people of colour, or like, this is just a night out for like basic-ass straight <laughs> straight. <laughs> I've got into a really bad habit of any gay white guy that I think is a bit basic and simple, I call them straight. Yeah, just straight. I'm just like, you're just straight now. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's oh not God. true, but it's just like, there's like a hint of truth behind it. <laughs> but I feel like, if you want those basic nights out, where everyone's doing drugs, and everyone's really mask and rich and muscly, there's like places for that, you know? So it's yeah. like, basically no one is challenging each other anymore. Or is it Nottingham? It's like, everyone's vibing in their own bubble, and they're not questioning anything. But like in Nottingham and in the smaller cities, because it's like less places. It's some melting pot. It forces people to meet people that aren't like them. And it makes people more tolerant. Or at least a lot of people seem more tolerant. Whereas in London, it's just like people are just splitting apart. It's kind of sad. Which I guess is the reason why there's like, you're starting to see transphobic groups within our community. Because just the idea of that in Nottingham, at least, would just seem ridiculous to me. Like maybe there's someone in the closet in their bedroom who's like raging on Twitter. But like that's just the internalized homophobia. Whereas in London, it's like, like, so why do you think that happens in London? Why are we not we're just coming together and like, having a great time in one space? Well, or in multiple spaces, but just like all at different times. Or well, this is the thing. The reason why this has happened in London is kind of a response to the fact that rent's so high for everyone. Obviously, people say rent's high for ourselves, so we can't host parties at home. But it's also like the venues themselves get charged a lot of rent they can't afford. And the property developers don't want us. Like, we like to think that this really tolerant society, but people still don't like the queers. That's the truth of it. Look at the government, right? So when the property developers are sat there and there's, like, some investor from Abu Dhabi, he wants to put up, like, six billion flats and sell them for, like, a million quid one, like, per flat. And there's just, like, some trashy little gay club that can barely pay the rent. The people who actually own the land are just like, get rid of the gay people and let's get in all those fancy flats and get all that cash, you know? Money talks. Money talks, and that's what's happening. So all of our venues are shutting down. But, like, why are we... But why is, you know, the London community, like, 
So what separates it? Why are we? Why are we doing? Why are we choosing to be together with people that might? I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Like, yeah. Like, why are we? Why are we separated? Why are we not all just like? I think. For me at least, I think this, this is so depressing. I think the reality is that we talk a lot about the LGBTQ plus community, but it doesn't exist. It's kind of like a goal or like something that we'd like yeah. to have. I think no matter where I've lived, even the places that have loads of solidarity, community still just exists in pockets or moments. Like I felt community when I was at Trans Pride or like when we've been to some of the protests against transphobic people, like that's when you feel the real sense of community, like shit, we're all together. You know? Yeah. But like that happens so sporadically, it's just like you just feel it sometimes. Mm-hmm. The reality is, people are kind of like, cause even if we're not together, even if we're all queer, like some people have got more money than others, some people have got more like wealth and stability, and everyone's got different angles. Like people disagree all the time. Of course. So like, because London is such a hard place to live in, and because all of these communal venues are closing down, when people are organising stuff, a lot of the time it literally just is like hey, me and my friends are going to party, do you want to join? And then it just blows up into this big thing, and mm-hmm. then it almost becomes institutionalised. Like, I think Queer House Party, for example, like, when they started that, it just started out as an online thing, because there was the pan... <laughs> just lands on the floor. Um... <laughs> oh my god, it's a gay bird! Um... <laughs> um, yeah, so when Queer House Party started, that was just, like, online. Yeah. Because, like, you know, like, I don't know if it still exists, but I swear, wasn't there, like... An app or a website called House Party or some shit, but you could like, people could like, I can't remember. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, this might be right, but there was like House Party, and it was like a website where you could have like everyone's webcams on or some shit. And when the pandemic pulled you all together, exactly. So when the when the pandemic first hit and no one knew what to do, everyone was like creating all of these ad hoc groups online with their friends. Yeah. And basically, all these DJs and queers in London were like, Oh my god, if we can't go clubbing, let's just club in our front rooms. Yeah. And so like everyone who was like a DJ and like knew each other. Uh-huh. They made this event that was queer house party that you could just tune into and just watch it online and just vibe in your own house. Which I I've I, I somehow forgotten about it, but I actually did watch when I was back living at home rip with my parents, which was obviously really fun. <laughs> I remember watching it being like, oh my god, the community is real, and um, it was really inclusive. They had like people signing in like sign language. There was because this is the thing like people don't realize when stuff went online it made everything a lot more accessible so people who couldn't usually go on nights out because they're disabled or whatever or maybe they had anxiety they could suddenly take part quite safely so like that was how that started and then that literally just grew into this thing where like when the pandemic started lifting they got a space in Highbury and Islington and they were like oh my god let's do it in person and I went to the first event and it was like people didn't know what to expect they had some like sex workers on stage like doing some dancing and stuff they had like the whole thing live streamed on like Zoom, so if you yeah. still couldn't come in person, you could watch it. And they still had the person with sign language, and you know it was just really cool. Never been to anything like that. And then to be fair, I've like I've not kept up with it recently, but I went to like quite a few of them. And as time went on, it started merging into just like a kind of normal night out. Normal night out. Yeah. Like I didn't necessarily know if they kept the interpreter, for example. I don't even know if they live stream it anymore. But like, it's leave the one we went to one, right? At yeah. Some point. They did live stream that one. Oh, did they? I think so. That's cool. I hope they, I hope they do. I really hope they do. I don't know if they've done ones that, uh, after that that they haven't done. But, but I think... I think 
to the thing. I don't know. I think this whole story, though, like, really, it's a good example of how this stuff starts because now it's a bit of a brand. Like, Queer House Party yeah. have been to New York, they've been around the country. Like, it's a bit like Polyglam. Are they on the radio? They the I think they were on Six Music at one point, which was wild to me. They're getting interviewed by magazines. And Literally, they're like, they're like really, they're like celebrities now. Like, great. It's really it's cool. Good. It's really yeah. cool. Like, almost everyone knows who, like, Harry Gay is. But then, like, even the fact he's the most famous one just shows how, like, messed up society is because, like, he's the white gay man and he's getting all the attention but there's actually so many of them like I think they're mostly women and there's like lots of women of colour uh, yeah, like there's, there's, like I, Liv not, right is it Liv Winter is that her name I'm not fully sure how many people are involved in it but like yeah there are quite a lot of people like I always associated it being a very intersectional yeah. event lots of different types of people right but he gets kind of he's like the poster boy for it which is just it says a lot about society is, is that because yeah, I'll be like real it's about. because people fancy him <laughs> that's the way this thing works there's loads of gay people who don't know anything about Queer House Party who know nothing about any of this and they just see him on Instagram like oh my god he's so hot he's love Harry Gay and that's how they get clout but that's that's another day another topic it's almost not important you know Yeah, yeah. but um but you were saying why we were getting siphoned off well when all of this happened the kinds of people who wanted to watch a Zoom call of a DJ with some sex workers dancing and a sign language interpreter are not the kinds of people who go to like heaven on Sunday night and get off their face on G. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not that demographic. So like, it's not oh the people. Oh my god, this is a nature reserve. Oh my god, that's a fox. Sorry, nobody can see this because this is a podcast, but there is a fox. Oh my god, it's, 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 the, right next to it's the host of foxybingo.com. We're in the presence of a celebrity. <laughs> Just Basil Brush. Oh, so I've never seen a fox like the light's still out. The light's still out. The sun's still out. Like it's, it's still on. <laughs> it's still on in the sky. <laughs> oh, he looks so adorable. Let's take a picture of this. I've got a friend who lives in London that has never seen a fox. Everywhere. That is actually one of the most beautiful foxes I've seen in a really long time. Oh, it's so weird to see a fox not eating like trash, you know. It's like eating nature. It's eating mud. Oh, that's so cute. Oh. How long have we been going for? Oh my god, they've actually died. No, it's still recording. We've done that. Oh, my, isn't that wild? That's good. This is good. We can cut it down to the good bits. But yeah, so like that's why things are so fragmented. It's just because naturally people are hanging out with their friends and making events from that. Whereas if you look at other cities like Nottingham or like others, just anywhere really that has like a smaller gay area, there's a very conceited effort to be like, we need a queer space, let's make one. Mm-hmm. So in the case of everyone's involved, like everyone's involved. involved because it's the only place to be. Exactly. Like with, I'm not 100 percent sure of the story, but I think I'm right in saying that when the gay bar in Nottingham was founded, it was just after another one had closed down. And there was just some guy who was rich enough to buy a building. He was like, I'm going to make a gay bar. It's like my lifelong dream. I'm going to do it with my boyfriend kind of thing. Let's make this gay bar. So when they launched it, it was like just the two of them literally making this actual bar. And obviously all the queer people in the area were like, oh my God, look, a bar, let's go. So it's like, even from the get-go, everyone's kind of not necessarily involved in the running of it, but they're like aware of it and they want to go. Whereas in London, there's no focal point at any point, even for like straight people going places like, this is a big city with so much going on. Like, if you open the gay bar here, no one's going to know unless you really advertise it to yeah. people. Like, yeah, yeah. the only bar I can think of that's opened recently is a place called Zodiac, which is, like, just north of Euston, or King's Cross. And, like, when I first went, it wasn't that busy, but now it tends to get quite busy. But the only reason they've really managed, I think, the only reason they've really managed to get people to come is because they've, again, had a bit of a niche where it's, like, very trans-friendly. It's very kind of, like... 
tolerant of diversity. Like when I think about Zodiac, I always think about like non-white trans people tend to go there because it's the kind of place they can go and it's not like full of toxic people, you know. So it's like it's found its own niche and I think that's why it's managed to get by, which is great. But it's also kind of sad that like, like I said, we've got this new gay venue, but it's had to find that niche just to survive. We, yeah. we, we're struggling to get these communal places where everyone wants to come. But is that an issue? I mean, are there just too many, too many smaller places? Like, are there too many, you know, I understand what you're saying. It's like, you have to, like, find your niche to then kind of have that community coming to you. You need the regulars, right? But, like, is it an issue with, like, there are too many. There are too many little places. Why are we not having just, like, one central place, like you said? That might be it. I mean, that should, um, but maybe that just won't work. I suppose the sad thing is that, like, if you had anywhere central in London, it would be too expensive, because we we had a central place, right? We've got Compton Street, we've got Soho, and even though they're seen as gay places, like, I barely go to Compton Street, I barely go to Soho, it's full of tourists, it's really expensive, like, even if I went to a gay place there, I don't know if I'd be able to afford the drinks, and I'd be eating with people anyway, so, like... So like, I guess like the point is like because we can't get into central London and because people can't afford that, all these new places are ending up on the periphery. So like people can't get there. Like like I really like Zodiac. I've been a couple of times, but like I don't tend to go because for me it would take me like an hour and a half or something to get there. Yeah. Because it's the other side of the river. So like there's like a logistics thing. But also like I don't know. I, it's really it's like chicken and egg. Is it because we're splitting apart as people that people are going to different places? Or mm-hmm. is it because there's different places we're splitting apart as a people, you know? I think it's a bit of both. It's deep, isn't it? We're going to have to end it here. Because <laughs> we're, we're being kicked out. Because we're being kicked out. Our producers just told us that the, the Our cafe. producers! <laughs> the cafe staff that work here. The cafe staff that told us that we need to leave. Um, this has been so deep. But we're just going to have to carry on at another time. And we're going to we'll pin it there. That was Fags in the Smoking Area. Is, is that the name? Let me check. No. <laughs> no, 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 it is, it is, it is. Well, I hope you enjoyed it and listening to me and Jack. Um, let us know your thoughts. Was there anything useful to this? Should we continue to live and produce this? Um, <laughs> that's deep. We really, really hope you enjoyed it. We have other guests potentially lined up. Loads of topics to talk about, obviously. But um, yeah, we just hope you enjoyed listening to us. Kind of chatting shit I guess (laughs) Um, the only thing I'd say is the audio quality wasn't great it turns out the cafe is not the best place to film so I appreciate you for listening through but um, yeah onwards and upwards I've been Jordan he was the amazing Jack see you next time find us wherever you get your podcasts if they allow us and we're also going to be on SoundCloud link pending see you around